Welcome to episode 12 of Casting the Net with Father Dave and Rick. Today's episode continues their discussion on morality, discussing humanity's reaction to wants and needs. They talk about modern opinions, and they get into a discussion about what happens when we choose to live outside the definition that God provides of meaning and fulfillment and happiness. So another great episode. We hope you enjoy episode 12, Casting the Net. Hi, I'm Father Dave Nuss, together with Father of Four, Rick Lingva. Welcome to Casting the Net. We are in search for catching the faith. Hey friends, Father Dave here, co-host with Rick of Casting the Net, and we are really glad that you're spending time with us for what we hope is a conversation of meaning and significance and something that is helpful to you it's certainly helpful to me, Rick, uh, <laughs> co-hosting with me, Rick. And um, I really enjoy the chance to have more meaningful conversation in a world of uh, triviality. Me too, Father. I, it's it's not often <laughs> during the course of my day that, that I get to have an adult conversation. So I, I look forward to the nights and the days when we, uh, when we record these. <laughs> I, you know, I'm just thinking that that... That also happens to me sometimes. The, the, the difference is you're in a world of children. I'm in a world of uh, adults my age. <laughs> but the trivia is so pronounced. His superficiality is so pronounced. The quick soundbite is so pronounced. Mm -hmm. Just more thoughtful reflection and deeper conversation and critical thinking and even, even being engaged with others to spur me to think. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks. Well, thank you. <laughs> and friends, Pleasure. thanks for joining us. <laughs> Pleasure's all on my end, I think. <laughs> what are we, this episode, we've been talking about, I guess morality sometimes is the title mm -hmm. that is given to how we ought to act, how humanity ought to act for several episodes. We've been coming at that in different ways. What, how do we want to, what's the tact that we're taking with this episode? Well, I wanted. I, I, I thought it'd be a good idea to to address uh, a very popular, um, albeit problematic, view of morality. That morality is just a matter of kind of private opinion and and preference. Uh -huh. And you know, you've got your view, and I've got my view, and mm. let's just agree to disagree and move mm. on. Mm. Um, it was. I, I had a conversation recently with someone who I, I didn't expect to express this view. But um, he did, and it it really gave me pause, and, and really brought home the fact that this is a this is a pretty pervasive understanding, or pretty pretty pervasive view of of morality and how we ought to live, and um, it's something that the church has quite a bit to say about in response. Yeah, yeah. In in more recent times, <laughs> this isn't this isn't just a challenge, is it, for spirituality, for theology, for for God's God's glorious design. I was just reflecting on how in, in the recent years with COVID, there are a myriad of experts who put forward uh, an understanding that is accepted in mainstream medical hmm. uh, practice and expertise and understanding. Right. And, yet, and yet, there are all sorts of people yeah. <laughs> seemingly dissatisfied with that. That's right medical, uh, factual, empirical evidence mm -hmm. leading to the conclusions they make and are scouring um, 
unsavory sources right. that are just espousing seemingly mm-hmm. what they want to hear. Yeah. So it's this isn't just a theological, let's say, sure. debate or challenge, right? Or, or maybe taking um, kind of an outlier position from you know someone with the, the right training, but you know the, the the layperson has no idea how to properly evaluate and compare evidence and like you right. said, just just taking this outlier opinion to support what they already believe. That's right. Right. Um, the, a similar sort of thing happens in morality. The world is square. That's right. The moon landing didn't right. happen. The world is flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And gosh, boy, that view is pervasive, isn't it? That mm-hmm. um, I can do what I want. I even am the arbiter to decide what's right and wrong in this instance. Right. That there isn't a greater right. authority. I am the authority. Well, that's oh. the original sin, right? It is. That's say more about that. You say more about that. <laughs> I, I, well, I, that's all I got. Right? Everything's provided. It's a <laughs> God created in the divine image, mm-hmm. completely provides in superabundant fashion for all of humanity's needs. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And what is humanity? What's the reaction of humanity? I want more. I want I want the more. authority. Not what more can I do for my sovereign God, mm-hmm. but I want more. Yeah. And we could fill that in later with uh, the, the Thomistic temptations. I want more comfort. Mm. I want more pleasure. I want more honor. I want more wealth. Right. right. It's never enough. That's right. One of, the, this, one of the interesting things... There's a few interesting things about this this view of um, you know I've, I've got my opinion and you've got yours is I I, I don't think anybody actually really believes it, um, you know is is rape just a matter of personal wow. opinion right. is the rightness or wrongness of slavery just you know a matter of personal opinion right. as though we're we're discussing you know our favorite ice cream flavors or our favorite baseball teams right. is genocide the rightness or wrongness of genocide simply a matter of personal opinion and so we. No one, of course, no one in their right mind would say it is, but we already acknowledge that there are a number of moral questions that are, are pretty straightforward and clear. Um, so we probably should assume there, there are more than what we think um, in this. It, it, I think most people who espouse this view are, are simply trying to avoid conflict or argument, and, and understandably so. It's never fun to argue. Um, it's rarely productive. It's frequently unpleasant. Um, but ultimately this, this view of morality as a matter of personal preference and just boiling down to politeness is, is rooted in a despair, Mm. you know, despair, kind of a giving up of what we are as creatures and and how we ought to live. Mm. And of course the Catholic church is very clear that, you know, we, we have a, a nature that's been given to us by God. It doesn't change. And therefore there are set things that fulfill us and make us whole and satisfy us and, and, and things that, um, you know, that frustrate us and, and prevent us from satisfying ourselves and, and reaching happiness. Um, you know, those things that usher us along to God ultimately are good, and those things that prevent us from, from God are, are bad. Certain norms that God establishes from the very beginning with our right. own creation. Yeah, in his wisdom, and it's not arbitrary. Yes. You know, he makes us in the way that we're made, and in his wisdom ordains that certain things will, 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 will bring us delight and joy. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I was driving at. I think it was the last episode when I was talking about uh, my experience at the shed, you know, and I yes. and I and I listed a bunch of in different Chicago, yeah, in Chicago, yeah, yeah, not, yeah, not, <laughs> not the shed out back. I, I many, many, many uh, profound experiences in that place. But, um, 
the Shedd Aquarium, you know, and I, I listed a number of different um, experiences that sort of give us a foretaste of what union with God and the beatific vision will be like, um, including my experience with my, my son at the Shedd. Um, all of those things are foretastes and glimpses into our ultimate destiny because God's the cause of them. And everything that delights me about those various, you know, creaturely experiences, whether it's seeing the joy in my son's face or seeing something beautiful in nature or in an art museum, those delight me because those things exist perfectly and first and infinitely in God himself because mm. he's their cause, mm. Mm. you know. Um, so, you know, to use those things rightly and well um, and to enjoy them the way that they're supposed to be enjoyed, that will usher me along to my final destiny. There's an order that God establishes. It's uh, one of the ways that the creation story is even, um, it's even described that that which is disordered mm -hmm. uh, becomes ordered. Right. That divinity has that. It's not just a power that God has. It's a, it's a property. It's a divine attribute. Yeah. Yeah. That when God is present, when God is acting, there's, there's order that's established. There's harmony that comes to be experienced, um, connection, a unification, all manifestations of the, mm -hmm. of the working of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so when we have this fragmentation, this wild divide, this kind of wild west, what is right, <laughs> right. what is wrong, and everybody's left to decide their own rightness and wrongness. Mm -hmm. And somehow we're not supposed to be confused, uh, let alone outraged, mm -hmm. by such insanity, by, by such, let's say it this way, rebellion to the order that God has established in which we live mm -hmm. to flourish. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I like that imagery of um, <clears throat> order and disorder, of, of fragmentation and harmony. And it suggests that there are some actions which doesn't matter how good my intentions are, doesn't matter what, what good motives I might have, um, are never permissible to, to perform. We, we call those intrinsically evil actions, yes. actions that are always and everywhere wrong. Um, so like murder would, would be an obvious example. It doesn't matter. You know, there, there, are, there are justifiable forms of um, taking a human life, but never murder. You can never take an innocent human life. Mm -hmm. um, and when we do when we do perform an intrinsically evil act, um, it, it, will, it will corrupt us. It will prevent us from being happy. Sure. And there, there are a slew of great examples from books, movies, television uh, to illustrate this Literature. point. Literature. Literature, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite examples um, is from a TV show, uh, Breaking Bad. You may have heard of it. I've heard of it, but yeah. I've never seen it. So. I, I'm sure many people in the audience have. Um, for those of you who haven't, you know, Father, the gist is that um, there's a um, sort of mild-mannered chemistry teacher named Walter White okay. who contracts cancer. And he's probably going to die. And certainly, uh, if whether he dies or not, his, his medical bills are going to be a huge burden on his family. Mm. And so he embarks on um, the, <laughs> uh, I was going to say adventure, but that casts it in a positive light. He begins to cook meth. He puts, oh, his, wow. he puts his chemistry knowledge toward cooking meth. He's going to maximize pleasure in the time that remains. Is that well, he's trying to he's trying to earn money for his family initially. It's a good okay. it's a good right. a good intention, right. a right. good motive. Um, but as it's it's fascinating as the series progresses, we see him descend further and further into the drug world of the American Southwest. Oh wow! And by the by the series finale, 
fascinating. He's, he's having a conversation with his wife, and she's still furious. She, she, she learned a while ago that he was involved in this, and she's furious with him still. And she tells him to, you know, spare me the I did it all for my family excuse. And he stopped her and he said, I did it because I liked how it made me feel. I liked oh, knowing wow. that I was outsmarting these powerful drug lords. I liked the power that that, uh, that that experience made me feel. Maybe initially my motives were good, but that's what it morphed into. And it's such a such a powerful illustration of what I liked how it made. I liked me how it made feel. me feel he, in that a very brutal moment of honesty. Not many of us are yeah. that honest, but it, I, I, I'm glad that the the show producers and writers had that be their final conversation. Hmm. You know, laying out that look at whatever my whatever my intentions, whatever my motives were initially, this is what it devolved into. Hmm. So evil actions in themselves are, are cancerous in a way. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's an interesting mirror between his own, you know, physical bodily cancer, yeah. and the cancerous um, activity of his Im- his immorality. You know, and the the baptismal rite of the Catholic Church was the the language was revised slightly a couple of years ago, and there's a phrase that is new to the rite mm. about um, the parents and godparents pledging to prevent. The contagion of sin. <laughs> the contagion of sin. This was not That's influenced amazing. from COVID, yeah. but it came out during COVID, <laughs> the, the, the new language. Yeah. The contagion of sin, that when we miss the mark, when we choose, when we choose to live outside of the order that God establishes as the very place where meaning and fulfillment and happiness are found, when we choose to to go elsewhere, to go outside of that, to to feel differently. Mm-hmm. It is um, it, it is a contagion that just spreads, and mm-hmm. it will unchecked, right? We call yeah. that repentance. Right, unchecked, it'll ultimately lead to our destruction and death. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, so really appropriate imagery. Mm. Um, and yeah, and that that's why they're that's why the Catholic Church takes the line that it does on intrinsically intrinsically evil actions. Yeah. Like there are some actions it doesn't matter um, what my intention is. They they just they they can't do anything other than prevent me from achieving my, my, my ultimate destiny. So the world says, I like how it makes me feel. God says, do what I command you to do. Mm-hmm. Not as slaves, but as children. Sure, sure. Out of love for us. Mm-hmm. Sets forth the dictates and the demands to follow for true freedom to be experienced. Right. And he gives us these uh, these these glimpses of eternity, um, such as the one I experienced at the, uh, the shed aquarium to, uh, to buoy us in the know. most yeah. unexpected of places. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> Friends, he's Rick. I'm father Dave, and we are so grateful that you've taken a moment of your time to spend with us as we are casting the net. Friends, he's Rick and I'm father Dave, a dad and a priest together trying to become better fathers by catching Christian faith. Thanks for joining us for our conversation, and we hope that you'll connect with us next week for Casting the Net.